All right, so we're going to be back in Matthew chapter 5 today, Matthew 5, verse 6. Uh, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew 5, verse 6. Um, so I, uh, I grew up doing a lot of yard work, and my dad is actually watching the live stream, so I'm pretty sure he's going to comment on it, saying, confirming that by saying we didn't make him do enough. Um, but I, I grew up doing a lot of yard work, and the best time to do yard work is always when it's hot, uh, when the sun's beating down on you, uh, when you're super tired, um, and especially like me, when you're allergic to every form of pollen known to man, like it's always the best time in the spring to do yard work. So, um, so I, I mean, I spent a lot of time out in the sun. Again, my dad will confirm that by saying that we didn't make him do it enough. But I spent a lot of time out in the sun by doing manual labor, and when you do that, especially out in the sun, it tends to build up hunger and thirst. Um, and you can feel, like, uh, hunger and thirst, we, we have that, we have the sensation, we know what it feels like to be hungry, where our stomach feels like it's contracting, and, uh, and it's, it's growling, and it's making noises that everybody within a 50-foot radius can hear. Um, and it's not the most comfortable feeling, but you know it and you feel it. And then thirsty, right? When your tongue gets really dry, like you, you know what it feels like to hunger and thirst. It's common. Um, today we're going to be discussing a particular hunger and thirst that, that Jesus gives us. So, as I obviously was prepared and opened my Bible, uh, let's go ahead and read Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. This is the word of the Lord. It takes so long to read these Beatitudes. Man. All right. Um, so let, let's actually start at the end of that verse, um, where, where Jesus says, and they shall be satisfied. Uh, when you're hungry and thirsty... Um, you know that donuts and Dr. Pepper are going to satisfy it, right? You, you know that, 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 that that's going to that's gonna fulfill the deepest portion of you, donuts and Dr. Pepper. Um, no, we know that that's not going to work. <laughs> we know that the, the donuts are only going to make us more hungry, and the Dr. Pepper or the Pepsi or the, the Coke, whatever you drink, that's only going to make you more thirsty. Um, yeah, iced tea, sweetened iced tea is obviously going to do even better. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but we we know that really honestly bread and water or 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 a good steak good steak and potatoes meal like when you're really hungry that's gonna satisfy you a good old jug of water that's gonna that's gonna keep you going um, <laughs> good uh, by the way we will not be having steak for snack at the leaders meeting. Uh, <laughs> But, but really, bread and water. Bread and water are going to be kind of that staple. The starch and the liquid, the, the pure liquid, those are going to be what's best for you. Um, but what about, what about a hunger and thirst for righteousness? What satisfies a hunger and thirst for righteousness? Well, true righteousness is only in God. The, the, greatest, the greatest and most pure source of righteousness is God himself. And the Psalms actually reflect that truth beautifully. The Psalms sing of God being the satisfaction of righteousness over and over again. Psalm 16.5, which was in our opening, opening verse that I've changed. Um, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. 
you hold my lot. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength and my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 142, 5, I cry to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. God is a feast. Kind of a weird way to think about it, but God is the one, is the one that's going to satisfy that that hunger and that thirst specifically for righteousness. And he's also, again, what quenches the thirst. Psalm 63, 1. O God, you are my God. I earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Have you ever, have you ever been pushed to that point where you are so thirsty that, that you feel like you're going to faint? Have you ever been so dehydrated that the world starts spinning and you just, you, you, you feel like, like, you know, this is the end. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall over like those roadkill lizards in Arizona uh, and just, just kind of curl up. Um, but that's, that's what the psalmist in Psalm 63.1 is describing, but specifically for God. And true righteousness is found in the whole Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but, but it's also found in Jesus. Uh, if, if you'd like, go ahead and open to John chapter 6, and we're going to kind of spend a couple moments there, and then we're going to go to Deuteronomy, actually. Um, but in John chapter 6, um, Jesus miraculously feeds 5,000 people. And then... Uh, they, they actually all go to Jesus after the fact. The next day, uh, they, they, all, they all follow after Jesus, and they're like, hey, Jesus, when did you get here? Uh, like, you know, playing it cool, right? Um, you know, when did you get here? I totally wasn't looking for you, but I'm glad I found you. Um, and they say in, in John 6, 26, they say, uh, or I'm sorry, they, they, they go looking for food, but Jesus rebukes them. Because they're actually looking for food. They're not looking for Jesus. They're looking for that meal that they just had the day before. So in John 6.26, Jesus rebukes them because he knows them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. There, yeah, ouch. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's the wrong longing after God. The God, I want what's in your hand. God, I want what you can do for me. God, I want you to, I want you to uh, get me that, that $6 million jet. Uh, I want you to get me that $1 million car. Uh, th those are the wrong looking after gods. Um, but Jesus also says in this interchange, if we jump to verse 35, um, Jesus basically concludes the argument saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we're, we're really hungry and thirsty for God himself. Not the things he gives us. Not the, not the, the blessings, the graces, the whatever word you want to use to describe it. We're actually hungry for the person of God. And that satisfaction is only going to be found in God himself. But oftentimes, when we're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, we actually think we're hungry and thirsty for something else. Um, are, you, 
hungry or thirsty for something? Um, have you been seeking to fulfill your longings in, in maybe countless other ways than God himself? Because we'll only really find satisfaction in God. Remember that comparison, going for the things of God's hand versus going for God himself. And, uh, and, and I mean, just to provide an example, maybe your goal is to have a perfectly renovated house. And you keep doing the renovations, adding on and adding on and adding on, but you find after a while you're continuing to add on and add on and add on. There was a, there was a plan you started with, but you've just continued adding on to that. <laughs> That's what it's like to seek after things, uh, seek after God and the things that he gives as opposed to the person that he is. And don't get me wrong, adding on to your house, Karen, is not wrong. <laughs> um, renovation is not wrong. Recreation is not wrong. Maybe you're really into sports and you keep, uh, keep going after the sports or you keep watching sports or um, you know, maybe gardening's your thing. Those aren't innately wrong, but sometimes our recreation can become an idol where we're seeking our satisfaction in it instead of in God. So are you seeking your satisfaction in God? And I want you to really consider that. Are, are you really seeking satisfaction in the person of God? Are you, are you hunting, uh, hunting satisfaction through God or maybe through bettering yourself? Or through washing away your troubles with positive statements? Uh, I, worked, I worked in a call center, man, and I mean, we, we constantly had the uh, power of positivity just shoved into us. You know, I'll just be positive with the customer. Well, the customer's screaming at me. Uh, it's really hard to be like, I'm so glad you're, you're upset. Uh, <laughs> we, we, don't, uh, we don't do that. That's not something that we're, we're capable of, of doing, but it's, it's like brainwashing, man. They push it into you. And especially if you... If you're onto social media, you constantly see posts like, you know, oh, just, just look, at the, look at the upside. Be positive. Or bettering yourself. I can't tell you the number of diet plans I've been sent. It's like they know I'm chubby or something. But, but bettering yourself is a good thing, but it's not, it's not the thing. It's not, it's not the person you need. The better you is not the you that you need. Christ is the you that you need. So are you seeking your satisfaction in God? Or are you maybe trying to numb your mind through more TV? That's me. More books? Also me. More knowledge? That one's me too. That's where I go. I won't tell you how many items I have in my Kindle library. They were all like a dollar, but it's over 300. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'm always trying to fill an emptiness or a void in me that maybe, maybe the, this next book, maybe this next TV show is going to fulfill. Maybe, maybe, it's going to, maybe it's going to satiate me. Are you that way in anything? Or maybe you're, maybe you're perfect. Maybe you're all way holier than I am. Um, maybe when you walk down the aisle, angels sing. Um, but, but, when, but, but, but how, how do you seek satisfaction that's not Christ? How, how are you satisfying yourself that's maybe become an idol or is on that road? Because 
as I find out over and over again, and as, as you find out over and over again, anything that's, that you're trying to satisfy yourself with that's not God actually just creates a bigger emptiness, a bigger void. There's never enough. Never. Actually, speaking of voids, many of our cities in our country just erupted into riotous violence over the last couple days. Seeking to fulfill initially a, uh, a void of justice. That's, that's something I can get behind. I can get behind a void of justice. But no amount of protest is going to do enough to really satiate a desire for justice. But it doesn't mean we don't try. But then that turned into riots of looting. Satiating a, a, a longing for stealing TVs from Target and Best Buy and and clothes from Macy's, and, and, and things from mom and pop shops, and breaking windows. There was a longing there. Part of it wasn't wrong, but it certainly boiled into sin. And maybe it was sin for a lot of the people that showed up. But really, honestly, what those people were longing for, even longing for justice, even longing for things, what they were really longing for, hungry and thirsty for, was righteousness, was God. That's, that's the deeper. If we're, if we're going to press down into that, really what they're, they're, they're not satisfied and they need the satisfaction of Christ. But we're no different. So how then do we satiate the hunger and thirst for righteousness? Go into the beginning of the verse. If we know that satisfaction is only in God, how do, how, how do we... How do we uh, fulfill the hunger and thirst. Let's say, let's say you right now are thinking, I am hungry and thirsty for God. I am hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Honestly, at this point, you're kind of standing at a precipice, looking down at a, a raging river of clean water, knowing that you're thirsty, but how on earth are you going to drink from it? <laughs> um, you, it? Diving in is not, if it's a raging river, don't dive in. Um, it's not a good idea. But, <laughs> but, but if you can admit that you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, how might you drink? How might you eat? And that is kind of a problem with Christian culture nowadays, is everybody has a different piece of advice to give you. Here's a YouTube channel. Here's a, here's a book. Here's 16 books. Here's over 300 books. Um, but but may, maybe, maybe it's a, a, a pastor, a sermon series, a, a something. something. Everybody has that one thing that they say, this, this will satisfy your hunger and thirst. And hopefully those things are pointing to God. But again, it's not that thing that's going to satisfy, that gift, that, that gift of grace that's going to satisfy the hungry and thirsty. Um, in Matthew 4, which we went through like th three months ago, uh, but in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus actually faced hunger. He was fasting. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and Satan comes to him, Satan himself comes to him and tempts him and says, uh, sa says hey, why don't you go ahead and take that rock and turn it into bread? No, you're hungry. And Jesus battled that temptation. Jesus actually battled that temptation by quoting um, a portion of Deuteronomy 8, but he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What are we supposed to live on? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus quoted a portion of Deuteronomy 8, 
And if you wouldn't mind, find Deuteronomy, first of all, in your Bibles, but go to Deuteronomy 8, and let's, let's actually see what Jesus was quoting there, because it's quite clever. Uh, Jesus is quite clever in, in every way, but, but I love how he, how he worked this in. Um, so, don't you hate when your finger sticks and it pulls like four pages instead of one? Drives me nuts. All right. So Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is known as the second law. That's actually what Deuteronomy means. It's Deuteronomos, the second law. This is Moses recounting basically the law to the people. And in this one spot, Moses is, is thinking back to a particular portion that everybody there experienced. Um, but let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3 together. Uh, the whole commandment, this is Moses talking. Um, I'm sorry. Let me make sure that is Moses talking. It's Moses writing, but I think it's, I think it's actually uh, God. Yep, there we go. It's God, God talking. Pardon? No, 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 no. I'm going to read it. Just follow along together. <laughs> Let me change my wording there. <laughs> so, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let your hunger, or I'm sorry, and let you hunger. God let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. There's a lot there. But if you, if you remember Israel, the nation of Israel, left Egypt, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I don't know, I think 40 years is worse. But uh, I, we can't physically fast for 40 days and 40 nights. But what Moses, and I do apologize, I said God is speaking, but Moses, Moses here is trying to hearken back a memory of what all these folks experienced in the 40 years, and he's boiling it down to a point. He's boiling it down to, to, to a specific purpose of God. And he says that, that God led you in these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you. So whenever there's a so that in the Bible, you know that there's a purpose. This is a so that. Uh, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your hearts. God tests hearts for a really specific reason, and it's to repay mankind for their wickedness. Um, this is going somewhere. Follow with me. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9-10, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So God tests hearts for good or for bad. Both, but really to expose wickedness. So God let the Israelites hunger in the desert, and chances are he let them thirst in the desert too, for the purpose of humbling them. And he fed them. Instead of judging them, instead of bringing, bringing upon them the, the just due for their wickedness, he gave them manna 
which by the way, mana means I don't know what it is. That's actually what mana means. It means I don't know what this is. So they called manna, I don't know what this is. And I think it's really funny when Moses says, uh, you know, manna, which you did not know. Because, <laughs> don't know, I don't know what it is. It's bread from heaven. Is it bread? No, it's like cotton fluff that you can eat. So we don't really know what manna is either. But God fed them instead of judging them. God provided for them. But he led them to hunger. He led them in the wilderness. He let their hunger and their thirst grow, but also satisfied them. So, even though God tested their hearts, and even though Israel time and time again betrayed God's commandments, um, I mean time and time again, like it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, uh, but time and time again they betrayed his commandments one after another, God was humbling them and providing for them, taking care of them, giving them what they need, both in circumstance of growing of hunger and thirst, but also in satisfying the hunger and thirst. So God fed them. He grew their faith. He cared for them. He satisfied them. Yesterday, I had a conversation with a friend who's going through some stuff. I'm just going to summarize his life with that. Um, but he, uh, he made a statement to me that I thought was very well-worded. He said, he said that, um, that life often feels like it's disconnected from what he reads in the New Testament. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like life is disconnected from what God said in his word? What he's saying is that he's struggling to see the reality of what God says. He's struggling to see that what God says is true. He's struggling to, to, to connect what God has decreed in his Bible with what he's experiencing in life. Isn't that so true? Isn't it so hard to make that connection sometimes? Especially when you're going through pain and struggle and trial you find that, that, that it's, you read great promises in the Bible and you're like, yeah, right. We go through struggles over and over and over and, and honestly, sometimes we get stuck in the, well, uh, you know, this is the one that's going to set me over the edge. Or, or, or you get to the breaking point and you're just bubbling over and maybe you're going to explode into tears or shouting or panic. But if we take Deuteronomy 8.3 seriously, then we know that those trials and struggles that you're suffering, God is bringing for a purpose, to humble you and to show you that you rely on him, you rely on his word, you rely on the God who is the provider. And we have to be humbled for that. We have to have our hunger and thirst grow because if you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, that's happened over a period of time. When I was working in the yard, I didn't, I didn't go outside and immediately go, I'm hungry. Actually, honestly, I did, but that's not what I mean. I, I wasn't actually feeling hungry, I just wanted to get out of the work. But <laughs> and, and that's probably where some of you are right now, where you might be saying, yeah, Lord, I'm hungry and thirsty for, for your righteousness, 
but you're not there yet. So God is going to continue humbling you. And it's for a good purpose. It, it's for goodness. It's, it's because God loves us that he puts us through these things. But if you're going through that one right now where you're like, man, this is the one. I'm going to walk away from the faith, divorce my spouse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hop in my car, start it, and I'm going to drive off into the middle of nowhere. Whatever it is, whatever the, this one is, be humbled. Recognize your hunger and thirst is not actually for you to be through this trial or pain or struggle. Your hunger and thirst should be for righteousness. It should be for God. I told you that was going somewhere. Our sinful hearts don't want to accept the fact that we're hungry and thirsty most of the time, do they? Most of the time, we want to do what we're going to do. Want to get to that next project because then when we do that project, it's going to be done and we're going to feel better. Want to want to do that next thing, go that next place, go to that next place, experience that next experience. But friends, those are fleeting. They're not. They're not the things that are actually going to satisfy us. I'm not saying don't do those things, Karen. I'm not saying don't add to the house. <laughs> But I'm saying, I'm saying recognize that all those longings are pointing to something more. They're pointing to a person. They're pointing to God. They're pointing to Jesus. They're pointing to the fact that your satisfaction needs to be in something significantly more eternal and something significantly less temporal. Because even though you build that next edition, what's going to go wrong? What's going to break next? Even if you, you add those new plants... What if they die? What if a deer comes and eats them? I mean, you shoot the deer and eat it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, but we have to be humbled. We have to have these things happen to us. We have to have God work in us to get to the point where, where we recognize our hunger and our thirst for righteousness. Why? Because only when we recognize that hunger and thirst are we going to find that he is the satisfaction that he is the one who satiates that hunger. So, what do you do? Like I said, I, I asked the question, you know, how, how do you satiate that hunger and thirst? What are you going to do? Well, friends, drink deep and feast on the word of God. That river that's raging, that's flowing... It's a well. It's a well that we can, we, can, we can reach into, we can pull out as much as we can possibly drink. Drink and, and not lose it. Not, we, we will never be thirsty again when we dive into God's word. I know that sounds like a really stupid pastor thing to do. Hey, you're hungry and thirsty for God? Read the Bible. But it's true. We live in an extraordinary time, which, by the way, I looked up in a thesaurus this morning because I didn't want to use the word unprecedented because I'm really tired of hearing the word unprecedented on the news every 10 minutes. So we live in an extraordinary time <laughs> where God's word is bound on paper in a book, where it's, where it's coded into an app, where it's available on the internet for free. 
It's extraordinary, all of it. 2,000 years ago, that would not have even been conceived because God's word was being written down on animal skins and had to be taken care of. So let's steward this resource well. Let's, let's learn of God what he has said of himself. Drink deep. Feast on God's word. Let's, let's gather together and study it. Let's, gather, let's, let's be moved to prayer through our study and, and, and respond to it by, by praising God. Let's battle temptation with reverence to God and his holiness and zeal to put our sin to death. If you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you'll be satisfied in him alone. That's our responsibility. That's what you've got to do. That's what I've got to do. When I think that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play a couple rounds of, uh, of Overwatch, those two in the back at least know what Fortnite is, so I can, say, I can pretend it's Fortnite. So <laughs> if I'm going to sit down and hopefully you know what Fortnite is. Do you know what Fortnite is? Okay, good. Uh, kind of. You heard of it. It's a video game. It's a video game. So if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play a couple rounds of a video game and I think that's going to satisfy the longings in my heart, no, I'm actually hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Not that I shouldn't sit down and play a couple rounds of a game or watch a couple episodes of a TV show. But I need to remember that my true hunger and thirst is God. And he's given us his word. That's our responsibility. We have to take up and we have to drink. Donuts and Dr. Pepper do not actually satisfy us. They are quite enjoyable, although I don't think I would combine the two because that just sounds gross. Uh, donuts and coffee, maybe Dr. Pepper and a sandwich. But donuts and Dr. Pepper will not satisfy us, and nor truly will entertainment or self-affirmation or, or, or being a better you. Those things might provide you temporary relief, but they don't actually provide satisfaction. Only knowing the gracious, just, merciful, compassionate, holy God through his word is going to actually satisfy us. Are we doing that, friends? Are we doing that enough? I know I'm not. I'm your pastor, and I'm happy to admit I am not doing it enough. If you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness... Satisfy. Satisfy yourself in him. John Piper uh, made a, he, he, he had one sentence that became, well, it was actually an entire book, but it became one sentence um, that I think we need to think about and remember that God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. When we're satisfied in God, when our hunger and our thirst are satisfied in God, we glorify him. We glorify him because we want to. We glorify him because we realize how satisfying he is. Are you satisfied in God? Can you be more satisfied in God? I sure hope so, otherwise my job is fruitless. I'm just kidding. That was a really bad joke. Let's close in prayer and sing. Lord, make us hungry and thirsty for righteousness.
make us make our yearnings for justice, for truth, for love, for everything be seen what they truly are, a hunger and a thirst for you. Father, keep us, keep us recognizing that the donuts and Dr. Pepper have a purpose, but in reality, entertainment can only go so far. And it can, be, it can go too far, it can become an idol, but let us recognize, O oh God, that you are our righteousness, that you are our Savior, that you are, are the one who has taken us sinners and brought us to salvation so that we can be satisfied in you. Satisfy us, God. May we be humble in our circumstances. May we be humble in our, in our sufferings to recognize that they're meant to drive us into your arms. Thank you, Lord, ahead of time and for everything that's happened so far. In Jesus' name, amen. May the God of all comfort grow in you a discomfort, a hunger and a thirst for himself. Go in peace, saints.